0: Hi, I'm Jen, and this is Gardening Out Loud. It is Sunday, September 24th. It is 8.40 in the morning, and I'm out in the garden. Yesterday was the autumnal equinox. So happy equinox to you. The equinox is the time when we have in both spring and in fall an equal amount of dark and light. So it is a really interesting shift in the season. Yesterday I was giving a retreat just outside of Toronto in the country. and So I am a little fried from a day of facilitating. But we also got to spend almost the whole day in nature, looking out over gorgeous fields that were just rioting with goldenrod and aster, like truly beautiful walking paths cut through those fields. And that had me thinking of, Robin Wall Kimmerer's essay about goldenrod and aster and her desire as a young botanist to find out why they look so beautiful together. And it seems one of the reasons is simply complementary colors. But in another interesting thing that I learned from that essay is that planted together, they attract more pollinators than planted individually. So we often talk about companion planting and gardening and there's kind of some science to that i think it sometimes uh, leaves a little to be desired a lot of it is kind of anecdotal however it's interesting to see the companion plantings of nature And you see how they thrive together, these goldenrod, these New England asters, those purple starbursts and the great yellow, golden, Robert Mulkin describes it as like a geyser erupting in golden blooms. And also some of the tiny little whitish flowers of a heath aster were in the mix too. And it was really stunning. We also do a lovely forest walk, which I did barefoot for the first time. I'd never walked those paths of my bare feet. And it was completely glorious to feel the textures of moss and pine needle and all the different shifts in the forest floor that I wouldn't have attended to as closely. And so aside from the fact that I ended up with fair amount of sap on my feet. Uh, She needed a vigorous (laughs) scrubbing down. It was totally wonderful. So what's happening in the garden? Well, I haven't done a lot more since last week. One thing I did do is plant a couple of, or three rather, native plant seedlings given to me by Adam at Rewilders, who does amazing work with his group, planting and maintaining pollinator pockets within a one kilometer area in our neighborhood. And he was giving away plants at the farmer's market. So I stopped by at the end and he gave me a couple bone set plants and a cardinal flower. And so I've added them to the front garden planting. So let's go check it out. So as you'll remember, I took a section of the so-called lawn, the weed patch that is the front lawn here. And I just removed any grass or weeds. I added a little layer of black earth. These native plants don't need a lot of babying. And then I planted the plants and I covered it with a layer of mulch to help keep the moisture in. And that's it. And what's amazing is that this is the first year for these plants. Perennials traditionally take about three years to really thrive. And some of these are doing amazing this year. This white snake root, which puts up frothy clusters of little white flowers, almost like a baby's breath, but actually quite nicer, has really thrived here. And that's a nice flower to see in the mix late in the season. I also have an aster here that is, let me check the tag, whitewood aster. So those little daisy-like flowers, fewer petals than on a New England aster, less as sunshine, than about five, six petals around a yellow center. Really delicate and lovely. Happy to see it. I have another aster here, which is a, let me check the tag. One gets the aster's confused, so large-leaved aster. And it's doing pretty well. The zigzag goldenrod is happening. Although <laughs> I saw some zigzag goldenrod that I planted in my friend's front lawn conversion this year, and it was enormous. It has really thrived. So those plants were obviously bigger and well more established when we got them. Uh, and they are three feet tall. Mine are about one and a half, but they're still blooming. Some of them aren't even that high. They're happening and that's great. So I extended the bed a bit more. My plan is to keep extending it every year and put in the bone set and the cardinal flower. I was all out of black earth when I planted this new stuff, but I did have a bag of city compost around, which is the free compost you can get at community environment days. And I use that City compost is a little controversial in some gardening groups. I feel pretty okay about it. I think it doesn't serve us to be terribly elitist about it. I've got something that is a free resource and that is a good conversion of some of our waste products, so, so-called so waste. I don't use it for growing food because it does have a bit of the green bin waste in, which if you know green bins, a lot of things go in there that maybe you don't want in your food it is tested for safety says the bag so that makes me less worried but just out of an abundance of caution I tend to use it on things that I'm not going to eat and it's great for planting your natives into just to give them a little bit more looser richer soil it's not terribly rich compost so you don't have to worry about spoiling them because most of it is coming from leaf mold and yard waste. And so I put that down, put the plants in. I don't have any mulch right now, but uh, if I can scare some up, it's good practice to add that. Worst case, I'll add some leaves. Leaves can be great mulch and it's freely abundant or will be within about the next month. So don't underestimate using some leaves as a mulch to help insulate the plants a bit, keep moisture in. The other kind of entertaining thing about the lawn right now, or this time of year, is the random asters that crop up in it. So I don't cut the lawn with a mower out there because I'm trying to cultivate more native plants and let them ride and reproduce. So I just take a weed whacker to any of the more grassy bits or weedy bits. And I always go around these asters that have seeded themselves. And a couple of them could be New England asters. Some of them are too short. Some of them I think are probably just seeds of hybrids. But I leave them because they're beautiful and they are a food source and there's nothing else growing there right now. So they're a lovely fall surprise. And they really speak to the benefits of getting to know your plant forms a bit better before the flowers emerge, which can be a little trickier, requires more time. And of course, some plants are much easier than others, but early in the season, I can identify those as asters. And so I don't mow them down. This is a good time to plant perennials. There's enough time for them to get their root systems established before the winter freeze sets in. So if you're thinking of planting some natives, now could be a great time to go out and get some. It's also a okay time to move perennials, to divide them. I had some self-seeded, verbena bonariensis*, which is the little clusters of purple flowers on the long willowy stems. And I've noticed, again, this is identifying plants before they flower. I noticed some had seeded and has, has produced a couple of volunteer seedlings. And I did relocate one of them because I'd like to keep this cluster of plants close, closer together. And that's fine to do. This is a great time to do it. It's not too hot. Again, there's time for them to establish into their new spaces. So if there are plants that you would like to move, now might be the time. Just make sure they get a good watering when you put them in and for the next, like at least week after, give them a daily watering so that they don't get into transplant shock. If it's a big, tall plant, you might cut it down significantly, like say by half so that there's less foliage for the plant to keep alive when it has fewer resources because its roots aren't well established. So that's a good thing to do. My young gardening apprentice is coming by today And we always do some tasks together. So I'm trying to think about what tasks we're going to do. I think a lot of it will be seed saving at this point. I could plant some garlic. It's a little earlier than I want to. um, But after the equinox is like the general rule of thumb. We may work on the compost a bit. Resigning some plants there that are ready to retire. Another task I'm going to do really soon is to label all my dahlias so I take a piece of like electrical tape and I write the name on it and put it around the base of the plant because when it comes time to harvest the tubers you might not be able to tell anymore exactly which plant is which and so labeling now while you still have flowers is really helpful and important to do and will save a lot of unknowns down the road But yeah, I just got through a really busy month. That was a kind of sprint in in a lot of good ways, just really busy. And, And I kind of recognize that in the garden, the garden putting on that last push to make fruit, to set seed, to put out all the flowers that it can before it rests. And with my retreat over, I am blessedly entering the rest phase now or getting, getting close to it. So I could be precious about the garden, I could be doing a lot of things, but this is the time of year when I think I'm just going to take it easy and try to enjoy the time that we have left together watch the bees, make the bouquets, save the seeds. But this is a really nice time of year to ease up on the to-do list. Nothing is essential at this point. So that's basically it for me today. A reminder that if you have voice memos of a special highlight from your garden year, please do send them to me. I'd love to hear your name where you're gardening and tell me about the wonderful moments, the garden or even a garden that you visit, doesn't have to be one you tend, gave you this year. Let's share our moments of marveling and bring them together for an episode at the end of this season. Okay, I hope that your season of push and hustle is also maybe winding down and you can find a little more of that balance of the equinox season. I'll be taking next week off, my first one, since we started in April to go on vacation. And so I'll see you on the other side of that in October.